1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. I do love Christmas time. And uh, at our house, I do all the Christmas decorating uh, inside the house and outside the house. And I love it. I, since I was just a kid, uh, I, I, I didn't get to grow up in a Christian home. I was born in western New York, a little town called Jamestown, New York. And uh, I lived with my great-grandmother growing up and uh, an old-school Roman Catholic Italian family. And, uh, and yes, and, uh, and in our house, growing up, I was, my grandfather did the Christmas decorating in his house, and so I learned how to do it from him. So living with my great-grandmother, I did all the Christmas decorating. And, uh, and my gra- I called her Nani. She had a stroke when I was just a kid, and so she was in a wheelchair, and I helped take care of her growing up. And so she couldn't do any of it, and she really couldn't stop me from doing whatever I wanted to do. So, uh, man, I would, I would scrounge up raggedy old trees from wherever I could find them. And, and I, I got one. I remember one year I got one. It was this rickety old thing, and it wouldn't stand up straight and would drive me crazy. So I tied fishing wire to, to the top of it to try to get it to stand up straight. But, man, Christmas was a big deal. But growing up, we, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. We were kind of a poor family. And, and, uh, and so we, we got one big gift every year at Christmas. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so it was just the thing, man. We always opened our presents on Christmas Eve uh, because in our family, an unsaved, a Christ, a non-Christian family, by Christmas morning, everybody was hung over. And so you had to do the gifts on Christmas Eve. Otherwise, you didn't know what was going to happen the next day, you know. So uh, on Christmas Eve, we would all gather at my grandfather's house up the hill from where we lived. And, and, uh, and we, we had our one gift that we, that we got to open that night. And it was always something really cool. I remember I was thinking through as I was preparing for the sermon, some of my favorite gifts I got as a child. How many of you remember Light Bright? Yeah. I remember getting a light bright. Man, I'm colorblind. So it didn't work. I just, it was like a rainbow. I just had stuff, pegs stuck in all over the place. It was great. But I remember getting a light bright as a kid. But I think my favorite gift as a kid was, I, I, I got this, it, was, it seemed like it was enormous. But it was a, an army playset. And it had a, a plastic, you know, uh, holster and a, and a pistol. But the best part about it is it had this green plastic M16. And it had the orange tip on the end. And when you pulled the trigger, it would go brrr, brrr, You know what I'm talking about? And back then, the A-Team was on TV. Like, not reruns, but like the real thing. So, man, I would just wait for the A-Team to come on. And they'd pull out their machine guns, and I'd pull out my machine gun. And it was like the highlight. And my great-grandmother, you know, she was in a wheelchair. She couldn't do anything about it. I'm running around the house, jumping off of furniture. What you talking about, fool? You know how it was. And at the end, you always say the same thing. I love it when a plan comes together, right? Man, I had some great memories growing up as a, as a kid with Christmas time, and uh, it was such a blessing. I used, to, I used to love giving gifts. No, I didn't have any money. So I would save, back then, we would, get, we would get Sunday comics in the newspaper. That was back when people read the newspaper. Uh, we'd get Sunday comics, and the Sunday comics were four pages long, and they were always in color. And it was really the only part of the newspaper that was in color back then, but I would save the comics all year long. My great-grandmother, she would save the newspapers to give to the Boy Scouts, but I would always pull the comics out, and I would save them all year long because that was my wrapping paper at Christmas time. How many of you wrap gifts with Sunday comics? You know what I'm talking—we got some fellow poor folks in the room with us tonight, right? 
And I would, I would love giving gifts, but I didn't have any money. I couldn't buy gifts. So starting about Thanksgiving, I would start just taking things from around the house, <laughs> wrapping them up in comics and putting them under the tree because there had to be presents under the tree, right? And I remember my great grandmother, she's like, where is my coffee pot? I don't know. <laughs> and I, I, I st I'm still picturing it in my mind. And I, she had the stainless steel, old school, you know, put it on the stove, percolator, coffee pot, and it went mysteriously missing. But Santa came and gave one back to her, just like the one she lost. It was great. The best part was when I would wrap gifts to give them to other relatives who, that belonged to her. And on Christmas Day, everybody's giving their gifts back to my great-grandmother. It was great. So, you know, as a kid, Christmas was a highlight. And then, uh, then as I got older, I, I, I decided, you know, when I, when I had my own family, I had these great visions of grandeur of what Christmas was going to be. You know, you see the, 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 TV, the Folgers TV commercials and everybody comes home and the coffee pot is brewing and the Christmas in the fireplace and everything's just exactly perfect. And so I had these pictures in my mind of what Christmas w was going to be like when I got my own family. And uh, when my wife and I first got married, we, we didn't have any kids for the first few years, but we had a little dog and his name was Reggie, a little Cocker Spaniel. And uh, yeah, he was adorable. I'm allergic to dogs now, <laughs> but, uh, but Reggie was the best. And Reggie would get his one gift every year. And we would take some, you know, dog toy and we would stick peanut butter inside of it and then wrap it up and put it under the tree and watch him fight with that wrapping paper to try to get the wrapping paper off. It was great. It was really kind of the same once you have kids. You just watch him fight with the wrapping paper and, it, and then, then it comes off. But, uh, but I had these pictures in my head of what Christmas morning was going to be like. And so I, you know, save up and buy Christmas presents for our, for our family. And I was determined that my kids were going to have more than one gift. And, uh, and so we would usually get two or three or four smaller gifts and then, and then you know, dollar store kind of things you could do that when they were younger and, uh, and put them under the tree. And, and my daughter, when, uh, when she was young, before Michael came along, Kinsey, she liked to play with the boxes. And so we would have this pile, we'd have these great gifts for her. And she's over here playing in the pile of wrapping paper and boxes and trash. And, uh, and so it kind of it skewed what, my, what my, my perception of what Christmas was going to be like. And then Michael came along. And Michael, you all know Michael. Michael's a blessing. <laughs> I tell people when Michael grows up, he's either going to be an incredible man of God or a mass murderer, one or the other. But Michael, he, he is he's an incredibly intelligent young man. He gets that from his mom. And uh, so we would, when, when Michael came along, Michael would, he would open up one gift and he would want to play with that one gift until he was tired of it before he opened the next one. And I'm like, no, this is not how Christmas is supposed to work. You're supposed to open one gift at a time and then you play with them all at the end. But he had, he had nothing to do with it. He wanted to do his own thing. But, uh, but Christmas was a little, you know, it didn't, it didn't uh, the way the, the Folgers commercials worked as a kid, that's not the way it is today, but I love it. I love Christmas. I love a perfectly wrapped gift put under the tree. I love a nice bow and a name tag on the gift. My wife doesn't like to put name tags on the gifts, and so it's like, whose is this? Um, I don't know. Let's open it and find out. Um, but I, I, uh, I'm very careful when I open my gifts. The rest of my family, you know, just rip it up and put the, the wrapping paper in a pile and play with it later. But, uh, but we, uh, 
we have all sorts of things and all sorts of traditions that, not, that are sure are represented in this room tonight, but I love Christmas time. And I love gifts. I love receiving gifts, but I love giving gifts. And when I think about gifts, I think about gifts that God has given to us. So many wonderful gifts. I was reading in Romans chapter 5 earlier this week, and Romans chapter 5 talks about a lot of great gifts that God has given us. He has given us justification by faith. We have a right standing with God because we've been declared righteous before him. He's given us peace, peace with God. He's given us access to the Father. Oh, isn't that a great thing? He's given us grace, hope, salvation, forgiveness. Brother Judah talked this morning about reconciliation. I love the thought, the concept of being reconciled before the Father. I am not worthy to go to the Father, but Jesus is that mediator, that reconciliation that gives me access to God, the God, the creator of the heaven and the earth. I have access to him because of reconciliation. God has gives, uh, given us some tremendous gifts, some amazing gifts, but just like our children did sometimes, we get so enthralled by the boxes. We focus on all the other things, and we lose focus on the most expensive, the most important, most tremendous, and biggest gift that God gave us, his love. You know, all those other things that I listed a moment ago, they wouldn't even be possible if it weren't for God's love. Those are like the meticulous wrapping paper that wrap up God's love. When you think about being justified by faith, God's love makes that justification possible. Justification is like a beautiful package and it's a box around God's love. When you think about peace, that we, we can actually have peace of the peace of God which passeth all understanding. That's just a package that wraps around God's love for us because without God's love, we have no peace. We think about access to the heavenly father if he didn't love us and didn't provide that access for us. It's just a box. It's a beautiful box containing God's love. So often we get distracted with the boxes that we don't focus on the real and true gift. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave the greatest gift, his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But just like a child, we get so enamored with the pretty wrapping paper and bows and we start playing with the boxes. This Christmas, let's get our focus in the right place. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4. We're going to begin in Verse number nine, just read a few verses and I won't be long, maybe 10 minutes and we'll be done tonight. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Manifested means to be made apparent, to be, to be made real, to be brought into light, manifested, brought into light the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. There it is. There's the love of God. 
God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son into the world. And because he loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son in the world, we get justification and peace and access and grace and hope and salvation and forgiveness and reconciliation. Verse 10, herein is love. Here it is. This is the conclusion of the whole story. This is love. This is what love really is. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And that's what it's all about, my friends. Not that we loved him, but that he loved us. In our stinking, dirty, rotten, sinful state, he loved us. He knows what we did, yet he loved us. He knows what we thought, yet he loved us. He knows what we saw or listened to or put in our mouth or injected into our body or subjected ourselves to, yet he loved us. And that's the real gift. That's the real gift. Don't get wrapped up with playing with the boxes. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Boy, that's a pretty big word. Propitiation. That's kind of a fun one to say. Propitiation. It means the act of appeasing wrath and conciliating the favor of an offended person. God, I deserved God's wrath. I deserve to go to hell, and so do you. But herein is love. Not that we love God, because honestly, it's nothing that we can do. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to appease the wrath that I deserved to take on my punishment in my place to be the propitiation for my sins. That, my friends, is the greatest gift. Verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Boy, here's what we do. We get so focused and, 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 and wrapped up in, in the fact that God loves us, that we forget to love one another. We get so enamored with the boxes of grace and hope and joy and even forgiveness that we forget that the reason we even have those things is because God loved us. And because God loved us, we should love one another. There's three types of people in this room tonight. The first type is those who have never even opened the gift. You've seen it. You've heard about it. You heard 200 people sing and play about it tonight. You've heard people tell you that God loves you and the gift of God is eternal life and for God so loved the world. You've heard it. But in a crowd this size, in an auditorium like this, I'd be crazy if I thought that there was anybody in here tonight that, or there was not somebody in here tonight that has never looked at that gift thought about that gift, but said, now, thank you. I'm okay. I'm good. I got my own thing going. I'm, I'm all right. I'm okay. 
There's people in this room tonight that have experienced and felt the love of God tonight, but they've never received it. They've never opened that gift. Boy, it's pretty packaging and it's pretty bows. You enjoy the blessings that God gives out to you. You get to live in America. You get to put food in your mouth and, and uh, put clothes on your body. And, and, uh, and somebody brought you, to, you got to church somehow tonight, whether it was in your own vehicle or a vehicle that somebody else provided or, or you had the health to walk here tonight. You're in this room and that's a blessing in and of itself. And God gives blessings sometimes to people even who are not Christians. And you've enjoyed all those things, but you've never received that such an important gift, the most important most expensive, biggest gift that you wait till the end of Christmas to present the big gift at the end. It's there, and it's for you, and you can receive it tonight before you leave. Then the second type of people that are in this room tonight is those who have received the gift of God and are using it. So when you look at those verses that we read just a couple of minutes ago, you think about verse 10, and, and, and verse 10 is, nine, verses 9 and 10 are God's gift to us, but really verse 11 is like our gift to God, that we would love one another, that we would use God's love to love other people. The love that God gave us, we would tell others about it. We would show other people the love of God through our lives. There's a group of people in this room tonight that have been, that have accepted that gift of God, that gift of love, and are sharing it with others at every chance they get. And they lead a fulfilling life of loving God, loving others, and serving both. And really, that's what we're trying to accomplish in our Christian life. Loving God, loving others, and serving both. Herein is love. And if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. How many of you are parents in the room tonight? If you're a parent in the room tonight, you know that sometimes you have to tell your children things over and over and over and over and over and over again until they get it, right? How many times have I told you to fill in the blank? How many times do I have to, if I have to tell you one more time, right? 15 times in the New Testament, God says, love one another. I wonder if he gets that feeling. Hey, how many times do I got to tell you love one another? If I have to tell, if I had a dime for every time I've had to tell you love one another, right? Love one another. If God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Then the third type of people, person in this room tonight is those that are just playing with the boxes. We're fiddling around in our Christian life. We're saved. We're going to heaven. We've accepted the gift of God. It's all good in the hood. We're playing with the boxes. We're messing around. When we have a world that needs the love of God, we have neighbors that need the love of God. We have classmates that need the love of God. We have coworkers that need the love of God. We have people in this room tonight that need the love of God, but we're too busy playing with the boxes. We receive the gift of God. We open the gift of God and we set it aside and play with the boxes rather than using his love 
We get through verse 10. We love verses 9 and 10. We love verses 9 and 10 because that's all what God did for us, and that's fantastic, and that's wonderful. Hallelujah. Joyful hallelujahs that God would send his son to be the propitiation for my sin. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We get through verses 9 and 10, and then we black out before we get to verse 11. Because by the time we get to verse 11, now we got to start doing something. We can't do anything to earn our salvation. That's all cared for. That's why he said it's not because you love God. It's not because of anything you do. It's not of works lest any man should boast. It's not because of you. It's not because you loved him. It's because he loved you. But now, now that he's loved you and he's shown his love for you, now he expects you to love other people. And that's where we get hung up, playing with the boxes. Love one another. Love is an action. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Love is something that you do. It is not something that you feel. It's not a warm and fuzzy feeling. Love is something that you do, something that you show. For God so loved the world that he felt love to the lost and dying world? No. For God so loved the world that he gave. He did something. And this was manifested, was made and was brought into light, was brought into view, was made tangible that we could see it and feel it. And this was manifested, the love of God that he gave his son. He did something. He showed his love. So this Christmas season, as we wrap up our service tonight, joyful hallelujahs. Five quick things that we can do to show the love of God. Not just have it, but show it. If God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Number one, the most important one. I'm sure you can probably think of it before I even say it. Tell somebody, exactly. Tell somebody about God's greatest gift. It's Christmas time. Everybody's thinking about it. Whether they admit it or not, everybody's thinking about Christmas the next three weeks. This is a great opportunity to hand somebody a gospel track. Merry Christmas. Let me tell you about God's love. Let me tell you about the greatest gift I ever received. Love one another. Number two, quickly, find someone who has a need and fill it. All of us know of somebody in our lives that has a need. Maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's a, a physical need. Maybe it's a personal need. Maybe it's just they need somebody to listen to them. Maybe they need somebody to talk to. Maybe they need a hug. Find somebody who has a need and fill it. Number three, love one another. Show love this Christmas. Here we go. Number three, share encouragement. We get so busy, you know? We're busy. We're trying to buy Christmas gifts. We've got family coming in town. My in-laws just left last week. They're absolutely amazing people. But when they're in town, it's more busy. You're wrapping up school. HB and, and CB get, go on break this week. The college goes on break on Wednesday. You got vacations planned. You got trips planned. You got things happening. Everybody's busy. Everybody's hustling, bustling, buzzing all over the place. And so we become jerks. At the most wonderful time of the year, we become jerks. Share encouragement. You know, I, I'm, not the, I'm not the happiest person all the time. College students tell me I was scared of you. I don't understand it. I'm such a nice guy. I'm so cute, cuddly. 
I don't know, I don't get it. But when I go to a store or a gas station or wherever, I try to tell the clerk, thank you, Merry Christmas. And you know, sometimes that's, that's the kind of encouragement that they need. Most of us are gonna eat at a restaurant over the next three weeks. Throw a couple extra bucks on the tip and use a thank you track. Show some encouragement. Quick, number four. Number one, we said tell somebody, obviously. Number two, find someone who has a need and fill it. Number three, share encouragement. Number four, look for ways to be a blessing to someone. Being a blessing to someone is different than filling a need because you can be a blessing to somebody by doing something for them that may not necessarily be a need. Being a blessing is fulfilling a want. That's different than fulfilling a need. If you know your, your coworker likes I don't know, Milky Way candy bars. Buy them a Milky Way. I like Twizzlers, Twix, and white chocolate for all of my coworkers out here in the room. I prefer Bears tickets, Cubs tickets. No, I'm just kidding. But look for ways to be a blessing. Look for ways to do something that will encourage somebody that, they're, that, 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 is, that is completely a want. Maybe it's shoveling your neighbor's sidewalk for them. Maybe it's Doing something for mom that she wasn't expecting you to do, like clean your room. Man, you want to be a blessing to mom? Have a clean room all of Christmas break. Where's my son? You listening, Michael? Look for a way to be a blessing to somebody. And lastly, this kind of goes along with that, but unexpected kindness for someone this Christmas. Maybe it's a gift for a child. Maybe it's a gift for an adult. Maybe it's a $20 bill for a college student. All the college students said, amen. They leave Wednesday. So after Wednesday, I'll collect it. I'll be sure they get it. Don't worry. Look for an, an unexpected way to, to encourage somebody, to show kindness to somebody this Christmas. Kindness is really a lost art. I could preach a whole sermon about kindness, but it's 728 and I still got to go to the bathroom. So we're going to wrap this thing up. Five ways to show love this Christmas. Number one, tell somebody about God's greatest gift. Number two, find someone who has a need and fill it. Number three, share encouragement. Number four, look for ways to be a blessing to someone. And number five, unexpected kindnesses for somebody this Christmas. Let's make this Christmas about loving God by loving someone other than ourselves. Hey, the sailors are coming in a couple weeks. This is a great opportunity to be a blessing, to be a help, to show some love to some kids who are serving our country and don't get to go home and see mom and dad for Christmas. And for a lot of them, it's probably the first time they've ever missed a Christmas at home. This is a great opportunity to be a blessing and an encouragement for our, to, to one of the sailors on Christmas Day. We have 20 college students who don't get to go home for Christmas. This is a great opportunity to be a blessing and encouragement to somebody on Christmas Day. Let's make this Christmas about loving God by loving someone other than ourselves. What type of person are you tonight? Are you one who has received God's love and regularly share it with others? I hope so. Are you one who needs to refocus this Christmas on loving God and loving others and serving both? Or maybe you're in the third category here tonight, and you're one who's heard about that gift, seen that gift, heard, listened to people sing about it, and maybe even thought about it, maybe even came close, 
but you've never received it. That would be tragic to leave this building tonight having heard and seen so much about the greatest gift that God ever gave, his only begotten son, and to walk away from that gift and say, nah, not tonight. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next time, maybe next year. That's not for me. I plead with you tonight. I beg with you tonight. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is no better time than right now, than this night, in this invitation, in this service, before you leave this building to accept that free gift of salvation.